Welcome back to Sunday night. Sunday night study. Um, always a bit of a question as to what topic or text to cover. Uh, my what I've been running with so far is uh, taking a little bit of Sunday morning and uh, taking a chunk of that sermon and running with it on Sunday night. And I was looking through my stacks of books, and I recalled that I had a stack that is incomplete, that have been unable to finish um, on Proverbs. Proverbs is such a a wealth of wisdom. Uh, It's part of wisdom literature from the Bible. And I thought thought in my mind that it would be helpful and useful to take Proverbs, but not in a 1 verse 1 to all the way to chapter 31 kind of textual style, but rather to, to take Proverbs and sort of tackle it topically. In other words, all the Proverbs that talk about wisdom and all the Proverbs that talk about relationships and all the Proverbs that talk about anger and, all the, and, and so on and so forth. So we're going to attempt to do that um, as we endeavor on Sunday night and just kind of see where, where we land. Um, as we think about Proverbs, I'm not sure your familiarity with it. Our family... Um, has always enjoyed Proverbs. It's an easy one to, you can take a chapter a day and get through the entire book in a month. And it's so it's a, it's kind of a spiritual one a day vitamin, if you will. Uh, there's always good wisdom. There's always good fodder for conversation. If you've got a young family, uh, it's, and it's one that's relatively, um, short and you can, you can take a lot of practical good things out of it at the same time. So, uh, hopefully this will be useful for you. Um, we're going to, you know, mine a little bit of uh, the gold from the wisdom that we find in the mine of Proverbs. Uh, and we're going to think about these things that we find and hopefully be able to apply them in our lives. Uh, my grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, he had a lot of influence on me when I was real young. And uh, I remember one time... As we were, I believe I was working in his shop, and he was working with me, and we were working on uh, some piece of, of wood as a project, and I was learning a new tool. I think it was the drill press, but don't quote me on it, I'm not sure. Um, but I had never used it before, and I was pretty young. And so I was asking a lot of questions, and he stopped me, and he said, he said, Toby, you're learning, I can tell. He said, never, never be afraid to ask a question. There's no such thing as a dumb question if you're sincerely trying to learn. Now, of course, we know there are such things as dumb questions. We've all heard and seen those, no doubt. But those are people who aren't sincerely trying to learn. But if you're sincerely wanting to know, if you're sincerely seeking wisdom, that's a good thing. That'll be a blessing to you. Uh, It's one of the gifts God gives us is the ability to ask questions and to desire to to grow in wisdom, whether we're talking spiritually or professionally or relationally or financially or whatever. Um, God desires that we grow in wisdom. We start out at, you know, knowing nothing, and we, we, we gather information from our environment, from our world, from the people in our lives, and certainly from the Lord himself. So there's a reason these things are in here, and we're going to hopefully talk about them on Sunday nights and if you find it useful or helpful, uh, let me know, and, and if you don't, let me know that too. Um, so we talk about the Proverbs, um, 
they're a little bit different in, in how they're compiled and as you read through them. Uh, the, the natural question of who wrote the Proverbs, well, we, we say for the most part Solomon, uh, the wise man, King Solomon, wrote most of the Proverbs. He didn't write all of them, but chapter 1, verse 1 says, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. I uh, go over about 10 chapters, chapter 10, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon. Uh, we, I would say, you know, he wrote about 90% of the book. Uh, there's a few of the uh, different couplets that are certainly not written by him. Um, chapter 30, verse 1 says, Agur, son of Jacob, the oracle. Uh, chapter 31, uh, where we write the, the Proverbs 31 woman, was apparently not written by Solomon. Uh, which would make sense, given Solomon's history with wives. Uh, he, he probably would not be the one to write on that, but the words of King Lemuel. So, But for the most part, Solomon wrote these. Um, we, we get other scriptures, and we're told why that is. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 9, part of wisdom literature written by Solomon, but outside of Proverbs, says, <clears throat> not only was the teacher wise, but... He also, excuse me, but also he imparted knowledge to the people and searched, he pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. So this is really fascinating that Solomon was given this gift of wisdom by God. It was given to to Solomon because he asked for it. Uh, First Kings chapter four is the well-known part of Solomon's life. And uh, starting in verse 29 of First Kings 4, says, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and the breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Ezraite and Heman and Calcol and Darda and the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. This was the answer of God to to Solomon's request for his wisdom. And God gave it to him um, 1,000-fold to the point where he's known and well-known, not just by the Israelites, but by all the surrounding nations. The Queen of Sheba came to sit and, and listen at Solomon's feet, and others came to sit and learn from this wise king. <clears throat> so, uh, that Solomon wrote most of them is a, a comforting thing, and really it's a, it's a huge blessing to us if we have the opportunity to sit at Solomon's feet and listen to him. Now, Solomon was not a perfect man. If you study Solomon, you know that. And so, I want to, you know, hasten to say that. He obviously... Uh, went off track in a lot of ways. And therein is a lesson for us about wisdom, uh, that there's a difference between knowing wisdom and applying wisdom. I know a lot of intelligent people, and some of those intelligent people have done some really dumb things. And you say, how, how is that possible? Well, there's a difference between the knowing and the doing. And the doing is equally important, and not that knowing's unimportant, but we have to apply the knowledge that we <clears throat> that we have. 
When was Proverbs written? Probably uh, by the dating of when Solomon reigned, when Solomon was alive. Uh, some, some data points within the book of Proverbs itself, probably, uh, give or take, around 900 B.C. Uh, now, this is a different time in Israel's history. This is during the unified kingdom. <clears throat> this is before we see a, a real downward turn in the history of Israel. It was probably, um, some have... Uh, guessed that he was his son Hezekiah and, and his wise men assembled and compiled all of Solomon's Proverbs into what we have today. Uh, they think that happened within 100 to 150 uh, years. We had the full compilation of what we call Proverbs today. So uh, may or may not have been Solomon himself and his scribes writing these things down, but Solomon... Uh, was the originator of them. Chapter 25, verse 1 of Proverbs says, These also are the Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copy. That's where I get that about Hezekiah assembling and all of that. So, <clears throat> um, And also would be the reason that there's a few other non-Solomon authors in the book of Proverbs. Um, okay, so Proverbs is part of wisdom literature. Now, the Bible's divided up into lots of different genres. You've heard that before, history and prophecy and, and uh, so on and so forth. The wisdom literature is the part of the Bible. The Jews called uh, the Old Testament the law the, and the prophets and the writings. The writings are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. So those five books compile what we call wisdom literature. If you are familiar with those uh, books, uh, Proverbs and Song of Songs have a bit more of an optimistic bent, so we say more a positive slant. Job and Ecclesiastes have more of a negative slant. I mean, don't read Ecclesiastes if you're depressed, okay? (laughs) It's some kind of depressing things in there, Solomon uh, goes through. And then Psalms contains both the positive and the negative. Um, and so, uh, wisdom literature is uh, got, got these five different books, uh, but generally speaking, uh, the writings are generally true observations about godly living and about how life works. And so, that's what we call wisdom literature. Um, We'll give you a couple of specifics here in a second. Okay, what's exactly is a proverb? It's not a word we use often outside of church and religious settings. Uh, the Bible refers to a proverb as the saying of the wise. Uh, I made a mark here in Proverbs 24, verse 23. says, uh, these also are sayings of the wise. It goes on to say, partiality and judging is not good. Um, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 6, calls it sayings and riddles of the wise. Uh, so I think a good definition of a biblical proverb is a short saying found in the Bible that expresses a general truth, and general is a key word there, uh, for practical and godly living. Okay? You're going to find some proverbs in the Bible and outside of the Bible that are generally true. Of course, you'll always know some exceptions to the general truism. Um, so, so, for example, Proverbs 22.6. 
is a, is a well-known proverb, train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Well, that's generally true. You train a child in a godly way and point him toward, toward the Lord, and you do that uh, with sincerity and reverence and you know, do the best you can as a parent. In general, a, a child, as it, he or she grows to an adult, will always veer back to what he's been, or he or she has been trained in. But we all know exceptions to someone who had good and godly parents, who was taken to church two or three times a week, uh, who was given all of the instruction of God's word. The family was sincere. Mother and father did the best they could. And the child grows up and has zero desire uh, to have any part of it. Well... What's up with that? How do, we, how do we deal with that? Well, we, we see that Proverbs are things that are generally true. Now, the end of that story has probably not been written, and there's always a possibility that the child can later come back. But the point is that Proverbs are general truisms. Um, we, we know that uh, uh, this, if you think about Proverbs outside of the Bible, you know, one that I tell my own kids, you know, a Ben Franklin proverb, early to bed, Early to wi- early to rise, <laughs> can't even say the proverb. I got to work on it myself. Uh, early to bed, early. To, I wrote early to wise in my notes. That's terrible, man. I need to go to bed earlier. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. All right. Well, that's generally true. A person has uh, gets up early, has a good work ethic, uses makes the most of the day, and doesn't stay up till all hours of the night. Uh, is well rested, going to be mentally more sh- you know, sharper, and and just have a better life, make it a better decisions. But there are some exceptions. You know, I, I know some people that make that are never have to worry about money again ever in their life, and they stay up late and they sleep in. Well, does that mean that's not true? No, it's generally true. Um, okay, so anyway. A proverb is a general truism, and uh, when it's in the Bible, it's a general truism about how God designed the world to work, and it's a general truism found within God's Word. Um, The Hebrew word translated proverb comes from a root word meaning to be like. Uh, Proverbs is full, we'll see this again and again, of comparisons of, of how various of, of illustrations that, that kind of illustrate the fundamentals of life. And we'll see this with the use of contrast. We'll see this use, with the use of observation, personification, figurative language, similes, metaphors, uh, repetition, and even some humor. So we'll see that Proverbs... Um, sometimes I do this in preaching. I'll give you uh, a story or an illustration, and I'll say, this is kind of like that. Well, I'm taking kind of a proverbial approach there. Uh, One time I I said on a very touchy subject and a touchy topic that I was preaching about, I I, I said, "Um, what's the speed limit on Kellogg? And, of course, nobody knows because it's all subject to interpretation, I guess. And I said, well, generally speaking, the, the speed limit on Kellogg is, is 55 or 85. 
Right? You have people who are just way under what the actual speed limit is or way over what the actual speed limit. You know, some people just don't want to get anywhere near the speed limit, and some people have just are, you know, the speed limit is a speed suggestion. And I was using that to talk about sexual sin and how churches address these topics. And I was saying churches deal with the subject of sexual sin kind of like most people deal with the speed limit on Kellogg. Some people drive way slower, don't want to get anywhere near it, don't want to touch it. And some, some churches blaze right through it. And they, those, those things in that old, you know, patriarchal book, uh, it's just a suggestion that we don't need to pay attention to. Okay, that's just a proverbial way of expressing it. This is kind of like that. And uh, when we can find things, whether this is like that, um, we're getting close to teaching in a proverbial way. Jesus, of course, was the master teacher. Uh, he taught in parables, and, and parables were considered kind of an expanded proverb. So, uh, uh, the parable of the, the prodigal son, as an example. Okay, Powerful story. It re- resonated. If you preach on that, you'll, you'll never cease to have several people that are touched right here. Because it speaks to the, the relational difficulties that fathers and sons have. It speaks to the, the dysfunction in families and, and the whole bit. But <laughs> Jesus is saying this is kind of like that. And he's talking about the Father's love for the righteous, the, the, the Jewish people who knew him and were close to him, and the Gentiles, the younger son, who were, had ran off and left God. And in this very short, powerful story, Jesus says this is kind of like that. Okay, that's proverbial teaching. Um, Jesus had lots of other common proverbs. Turn the other cheek, go the second mile. Uh, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Casting pearls before swine, serving two masters. Those are, even for non-religious people, those are things that are part of our language. This is kind of like that. All right, so what's, what's the purpose then? If we, if we understand what a proverb is, what's the purpose of it? Well, biblical proverbs, I think, have three. One is to encourage the reader to, to seek wisdom. Now we're going to look at some specific Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, if you're following along. <clears throat> let the wise, chapter 1, verse 5, let the wise hear and increase learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Okay? Uh, a, a, a call, <laughs> really. If you're wise, listen up. Pay attention to these things. Chapter 4, verse 5. Now, here, here is the um, personification. We get fathers and sons. and uh, uh, if, if you're a father and you have a son or a daughter, uh, you understand the desire as parents that you have for your children to not make the mistakes you did. For your children to avoid the errors that you made. And children... A lot, if you can just get this in mind, a lot of the things that your parents tell you, a lot of the rules and the policies that they make and the, 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 all, all, the relationship that you have comes from a place. They're making these rules because they don't want you to make the mistakes that they did. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Uh, the father here is saying, entreating his son to seek wisdom. Hero sons, verse 1, a father's instruction. Be in- attentive that you may gain insight. So, purpose one, encouraging the reader to seek wisdom. If you'll seek wisdom, uh, you, you'll avoid so much heartache and trouble. I had this conversation just today at, uh, at the guest lunch. I was talking to someone, and they, you know, this is an older gentleman, and uh, he was talking about his son, and he was sharing. He said, "My son's, you know, doing really well and successful in, in his job, and and uh, really just doing great. He's living the life his dad wished he could have lived." And he said, "I said, well, how old is your son?" He said, "He's 30. And and his friend sitting across the table said, "Oh, to be 30 again. If I could go back to being 30." With all the, and he did this, he said, with all the knowledge I have now, oh man, life would be good. Well, Proverbs is entreating as a father would to his son, trying to speak wisdom into a younger generation so that the younger generation will have a blessed life. Number two, purpose number two, to understand that true, lasting wisdom is always and only from God. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Or one translation says, fools despise wisdom and discipline. Solomon had a lot of wisdom, and he understood, literally, (laughs) that all of his wisdom was not because he was a studied and learned man. He had the blessing of a holy, you know, blessing that was just poured out into him. I'm kind of imagining God dumping his wisdom, or at least part of it, into Solomon's mind. He was given this. It was a gift. And so as he writes Proverbs, he points the, writer, the reader again and again back to the source of all wisdom. And the lesson, of course, for us is the closer that we, that we get to God, the more that we seek God, the more wiser we'll become. And that doesn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> if, you'll, if you'll decide each morning to get up, and even just read a chapter of Proverbs. You're seeking the Lord, and you're seeking the Lord's wisdom. And, and Solomon says that's where all wisdom is rooted. Purpose number three, to remind us that God's wisdom is far superior to ours. Um, Proverbs are, to say that God's imputing his, his wisdom to us in Proverbs is kind of like trying to imagine a calculus professor, a mathematics professor who's, who's brilliant and, and who's written his dissertation on some unusual formula or theorem 
And that professor is asked to be the substitute teacher for a kindergarten class. It's going to be rare, even if that guy's brilliant, for him to be able to impart the wisdom and the knowledge of mathematics that he has into these little, very tiny minds of mush. And so, what the blessing of Proverbs is, is that God's pouring out his wisdom into Solomon. Solomon's writing it down and making these generally true observations about life and how life works and, and putting them in such a way that it's palatable to our human minds, to our distracted, selfish, sinful human minds. Even we can have wisdom if we desire to seek it. It's the mathematics professor brilliantly giving a class of kindergartners a love for the truths of math. Well, what top- topics are we going to cover? Lots of different things. Uh, nearly every area of life is, is discussed in Proverbs. We've got the nature of God, the nature of man. We've got wisdom, foolishness, sin, righteousness, marriage, parenting, work and idleness, wealth and poverty, pride and humility, truth and falsehood, friends and enemies, speech and anger, self-control and self-discipline, and more. And so, because these... Uh, you know, it's not just like what chapter one is about the nature of God and the nature of man. Now, we see these all throughout the book. And so as we go through this study, we're going to endeavor to, you know, you know not, not just take it chapter one, one through the end of chapter one. We're going to work through Proverbs and look at all the Proverbs that talk about the wisdom of God or about marriage or about friendship or about truth and on and on. Uh, as I say... This will be a blessing to you, especially if you're reading through Proverbs on your own. By the way, I'll invite you, if you're a regular Sunday night study attender, if you would be so inclined, uh, give me a proverb that's puzzled you or give me one that you've always found interesting or helpful or useful, uh, and I'll make a note of it. When we, we come to that section, we'll talk about it. So the point of Proverbs is this, to help us grow in God's wisdom and to help us apply it in our lives. I think that's the whole point of Proverbs, to help us grow in God's wisdom, to help us apply it in our lives. Uh, summarizing Proverbs is always a challenge. Uh, the, and it's <laughs> wisdom literature is different, and particularly Proverbs, because there's no particular plot, there's no particular characters, and no particular storyline to follow. But we have the opportunity to let wisdom take center stage. And if there is a character central to Proverbs, it's wisdom. A grand, divine wisdom that transcends all of human history, all peoples, and all cultures, and is universally true. So let's end by reading from Proverbs. I hope you'll... Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, 
knowledge, and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase their learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fools despise wisdom and discipline. As we close tonight, as we prepare to think ahead for Proverbs, I always try to bring a Christ-centered focus for each and every lesson. I was trying to think, how do we do that in Proverbs? Because we don't see Jesus specifically named or uh, the Messiah predicted. But then I was thinking about this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul is writing about wisdom, and he writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28 and following. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Now catch this in verse 30. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Paul says that Christ is wisdom from God, Proverbs personified, if you will, in the flesh, wisdom from God. My question to you tonight is, do you know wisdom? Do you know the eternal truth of Jesus Christ? If you don't, and you're ready to make the decision to begin to follow him, to truly seek him with all your heart, we'd be honored, and help, we'd be honored to help you do that. If we can help in any way, after this final prayer, come find me, and we'll point you in the right direction to a shepherd, or we'll study with you whatever you might need. Uh, let's close in prayer. Our Father, we are thankful to you for your word and how it instructs us and how its instruction is ever beneficial to our hearts, to our minds, to our souls. Lord, as we approach wisdom literature, we we pray that we might have a heart of wisdom that truly seeks you. We pray that we might have the humble fear that we ought to in your presence that we might faithfully seek into, seek into these words that you have spoken and that we might apply them not only to our hearts but to every area of our life. Lord, we're grateful for your wisdom. We know how it changes hearts and lives. And, of course, even beyond the Proverbs, we're grateful most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ. Wisdom from you given to us to draw us closer to you and to your heart. We love you, Father, and we know that you love us because of Jesus. It's in, his humble, in, our, in this humble name we pray. Amen.